Hey, Bokatov. Today's talk is Kuf Tet Zayin 116, um, and we pick up at the bottom of uh, Kuf Tet Vav Bet. To quickly review what we said so far, and I again have your sheet here of the uh, of the of the distilled version of the Haggadah. We did Kiddush. Um, Orchat, the Gemara introduced this idea. It was not in the Mishnah. Took for granted that you washed your hands and you washed it twice said it was because of the dipping of the carpus in the in the liquid. Um, question about, you know, whether that's a general requirement. Is it because you'll make yourself tummy? You'll make the food tummy? Do you make a bracha or not? We don't make a bracha. Rambam has a bracha. Do we do it other types? We have wet food. Then carpus, which in the Mishnah was maror. Gemara made it sound like clear um, it was an exception because there was not another vegetable available, which is a little strange that there wasn't another vegetable available. It actually makes it go, you know, later in the Gemara it sounds like some people maybe didn't care and were willing to have Mara even if there was other alternatives. Um, and maybe, as I suggested, you know, maybe Dafka there's an idea of having Mara up front. It fits in with the fact that one of the four questions is going to be about the Mara before the Mara has occurred. And the whole, the whole symbolism of the Mara begins at the beginning of the Seder. Nevertheless, because of questions of when you make alachilas maror, if you do more in the front and later, um, the uh, you know the, the practice develops that you use other vegetables here. So that's the karpas. Um, we discussed how much of it you eat. The idea of the Ashkenazim that you don't eat less than a kezayis in order um, in order um, so you don't have to do a bracha chrona because as Gemara speaks about the fact that the Haggadah is a hefsek. So to get out of that question of is it a hefsek, is it not? Whatever do you yotzei v'spirchas do you need a bracha chrono eat less than a kezayis? The Rambam says you have to eat a kezayis because there's an obligation to do a chila. Um, and I pointed out that makes it a nice way that you could get some food into you before the Seder gets really underway. Um, um, again, what do you dip it in? What do you dip it in? Um, the Gemara doesn't say. Um, the Rambam understands that you dip it in charoset. Again, charoset is symbolism of the slavery. Important to have that up front. Charoset normally goes with the maror. And if the maror was a major thing that you used for Karpas, and also we understand why that's the case. Uh, Tosos and others, although some Ashkenazim said the same as Rambam, others say that it's not something else other than that. Salt, water, vinegar, whatnot. Um, and then the question is, um, do you eat uh, with a seba, without a seba? So again, the more it's a symbolism of the slavery, and the more this started with an idea of maror, then you're going to eat it without a seba. If it's a type of a, uh, of a way the Romans eat with dipping before the meal, then you would eat it with a seba. That is an issue that is debated. So those are the primary components that we have seen until now. Uh, we also discussed how we got to the idea of korech, and why we do first matzah, then maror, then korech, because you can't have things of different levels mixed together. The last thing we discussed was the removing of the plate, which was not clear, although our Mishnah, in the Mishnah, although our Mishnah did say, first it says they brought before him um, the thing that he's going to do the dipping, and then it says they brought before him the Masa Chazanesh and Chalosin. So what is the second bringing? So the Gemara talks about the fact that they would remove the plate in order that the Tinokot would notice. So if we take a look, um, I want to uh, look quickly at the Rashbam at the bottom of Kuf Tesvav Amitbet. The Ein Ogis HaShulchan, he says, the last, the last of the medium-sized lines, that there should be something there to uh, stimulate the interest of the children. 
They had a small table, listening like a little, a little, uh, what do you call it, like a, you know, um, tray. We removed not the table, but the plate. Shabbat Matzo Mar Vashem Tavshilin, right? The Kara, um, the Seder plate. The Sofa Shulchan, we take it off to the side of the table, the end of the table. The Dailan of the Kach. Now, interesting. The Yeish Shenogim Lahagbiyat HaKara Al-Hakach Umutinat HaBasar Min HaKara Okay, so some would put it on the shoulder. And you might be aware that there are some that have a minog at the beginning to put the mops on the backs and say, this is what our forefathers did when they left in time. Although it's a little funny, because remember, that's the, that, doing that is a reenacting of the Geula. And at this stage, presumably we're focused still on the Shibud and on the Abdus. Anyway, and then he discusses taking off the meat, and that's going to tie into a discussion later about lifting up the meat, and is the meat symbolizing the Pesach or not. But anyway, what I wanted you to see is... Um, um, is the idea of lifting up, which some have that practice with the matzah. So if you go three lines to the bottom of the Rashbam, he says, There's no need to do this lifting up. I think it's a more of a heck if you start carrying a plate on your shoulders, but okay. <laughs> anyway, he says, the basic point is you remove it, hey, why are we finished? And then you bring it back. So this idea of not the covering of the matzos, but the actual removing of the plate, if you notice, again, at the instructions here I handed out, right, after you say halach ma'anya, the beginning of majid, masir etakera me'ah ha'shuchan. I don't know how many people are makbid about doing this. You know, maybe moving a little bit aside, actually removing it from the table. You know, I don't think many people are that makbid on this. It's interesting because this is something that really is in the Gemara, about okshinah ha'shuchan. And then you have, oh, what's going on? You're removing it. So then that's where you put in the manishtana. Mogi kosheni in the benishor manishtana. And then, oh, you ask manishtana, good. Now we got you, you, you we stimulate your interest and now okay, so that is exactly what the Gemara discussed just here and we placed it right before the Manishtana which is the Gemara says that when they did this that Abayi was in front of Rab and he says hey what's going on why did you move the car I said good now we don't have to say Manishtana and that's something we're going to see in a minute too which is it sounds literally like as long as you're asking something we can skip Manishtana Manishtana is if you're not asking your, uh, yourself but Tosus doesn't like not doing the actual formal of the whole pro- the whole text that Tosa says no first you ask about the Shulchan and then you follow it with the Manishana of course what that means you exempted us if you actually said it I don't know anyway but that's exactly the removing the Manishana asking questions and then the bringing back now we move on let's go back to Yachat so let's take a look now four lines from the bottom Roman, yeah short question so if you do like the Rambam suggests or says and you um, you have a kazayat of uh, Borei Priya Adama yeah. and you dip in uh, Haroset and in, in Samaru right what bracha chrona are you making Borei Nefashot yeah Borei Nefashot yeah simple yep okay Amr says Shmuel Lechem Oni see for whatever it says Lechem Oni what does that mean poor person of bread of affliction Lechem Sha'unima loves Dvarim a bread that you say over it um, many things that you talk about it and you talk about the story in relationship to the bread and we're going to see later today there's other psukim so this is the importance of not just eating certain foods and telling the story but tying the story into the foods and the symbols that you are doing 
So lechem shonim alav tzermarbe. The Haggadah is said over the matzah, and this is why the matzah is exposed during the telling of the Haggadah. The Haggadah is in reference to the matzah, and that is the symbol that's integrated and you know used in the telling of the story. Um, literally like as a responsiveness it could be and it's reflecting the issue about the Benish Shoel and you are Oneh um, and that's a very good point I mean Onim could just mean um, the, you know um, it could just mean to proclaim but it could really mean to answer um but you are correct actually you know that the whole point that the child asks right manishtana and then you respond right so um, right if you take a look actually at the instructions we just said and then you start responding so in a way it's a good point the onet is here also in response to the questions of the child um, so I assume proclaim but I take the point it could very much also mean respond it's written without the vav the same way a poor person doesn't have a whole loaf only has a partial loaf when you tell the story of the Haggadah it should represent bread of a poor person and bread of affliction which is why it is not a whole loaf Okay, which is yachatz. Now we know where you get yachatz from. Why do you have yachatz right before magid? Because magid is said over the bread, over the lechem oni. The lechem oni represents at this stage bread of affliction, and therefore it's not a whole loaf. And that's why you do yachatz. Okay, the idea of you then hide it and get the kids interested. We had the idea before chotfin matzah, but the basic reason you have yachatz here is in order to get the symbolism of Lechem Oni and the Lechem Oni right before Magid. Davar Acher, another explanation, Madarko Shel Anim, who may seek Vishto Ofa, the same way a poor person, you can't waste any fuel. So he is getting the fi- lighting the fire and getting the fire burning and his wife is, you know, kneading the dough and they're getting it into the fire as soon as the fire is lit because you have no fuel to waste. Afka Anami, who may seek Vishto Ofa, similar when you make matzah, you have to be very, you know, uh, um, uh, in, in not just industrious, right, but also like, you know, uh, uh, efficient, thank you, right, so that you are not wasting any time, so you don't want to let it become chamet. Now, the idea here of Vipusa, in addition to introducing the idea of yachat, raises the question about whether you make hamotzi on a broken loaf of bread. Do you need two whole loaves? Um, and there's a major debate in general whether you need two loaves for yantiv. Because really we have two loaves is because a double loaf fell on Shabbos, but on, on Arab Shabbos. But on Arab Yom if you think about it, A, the Torah doesn't say it. B, there's really not a need for two loaves. Number one, you're allowed to carry on Yom Number two, you're allowed to prepare food on Yom Okay, so, um, so do you need in general two loaves? If you do need two loaves, then can one of them be broken? So there's a debate in the Rishonim. Most Rishonim assume the Rift and others that you need two loaves. But some say, but because of the idea of Darko Shalani Beprusa, for well, say there, one of the loaves is allowed to, and not allowed to, should be broken. That, you know, the, the whole loaf becomes a partial loaf because that's the nature of it at Lel Seder. Yes, yes. Others, like Tosfos, says that you have three, two Shleimim, Shleimot, and one broken. The broken because of the Lechem Oni, the Shleimot because you require two whole loaves on a Yantiv meal. Okay, and that's our practice, although some actually do the one and a half. So if you take a look at Tosfos, let's look quickly, Mardaka Shalani Beprusa, so it says Tosfos, um, 
he says like this, I will do from the beginning. Here the Gamma Moti Tsarchalaprusa Bachimachar Kesa Mavarchim, a Kalmadum in Petash from Nipis with Tashlema, uh da 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 and then we said, um Okay. One minute. Da 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 da. Okay. Uh, okay, I should have thought. Anyway, so okay. Um, come on. Uh, okay. Hold on. Let me find the rata. Okay. Um, okay. So it's the line starts with the word sham. So shetar sham matzah shlishi smishum lechem mishnah. The chayev lines up here. It's like about ten lines down in the near lines. The chayev leaves so I'll stake he karot bein mishabes bein biyantiv. Okay, um, and then he says the chain pasukrav alfis tarchli saw steaky karopi yom tov, but the riff says that one of them should be a half on lil seder. Avatam lefish haya lechem mishne yorid barbe yomim tovim. Okay, but that's a problem. The kashri shanamit palim baltaki dasta uberachto mikola yomim. Yidasha mikola's money. Vamar beman barcha beman kicha matmi yom tov hayaman yorid. So there's a question whether we anyway need two loaves, whether there was man on yom tov or not. And then he says, but he just says you have the two whole loaves plus the half. So they would have two loaves, but the brachas, I don't know what it means to be mevarch al, their kavana, I guess, would be that the hamotzi and the alachilus matzah would be on the prusa. Ach, ri hayim mevarch hamotzi al hashlema, the hader alachilus matzah al prusa, ubotzer mishnem yachat, which is what we do. I mean, again, it's all just a question of kavana. You know, you hold all three together, you say hamotzi, and then you drop the bottom one, and then you say alchilas matzah, and you think about alchilas matzah on the prusa. And we use the third one then for korech in order that you do all three. So this is where we get our practice. Two whole loaves because you're supposed to always do two whole loaves, presumably on yantav and presumably even on yantav of Pesach, although the wrist says that then one of them could be a half. You need two whole. You need the half because that's the half of Lechem Sha'onim Malav Jarm Harbe. It's the half that's been the matzah of the Seder, the matzah of Magid. When you say the hamotzi, so the hamotzi, which is the normal just birchas hamotzi of a, of a yantav meal, that should be on the uh, shlemos, on the whole one. It's also the bottom one, but the one you're going to eat for hamotzi, presumably. Of course, you need hamotzi for any bread you're going to eat. But somehow we say the kavana should be on the top shalem, and then you drop the bottom, and then you could, to more emphasize the bracha of hamotzi, of alchilas matzah on the prusa, which has been the symbolic matzah throughout the seder. Um, and then what we do is we take a kezayis of each. Now, technically, you don't really need a kezayis of each. Because the kezayis is only for the mitzvah of achilas matzah, you really would only need a kezayis of the of the broken one. Hamotzi could have a crumb, if, even if you say there's an idea of your ikker kavana for hamotzi was the top. So fine, have a little bit. But somehow the practice develops that we say you're supposed to have a kezayis of each of the top and of the middle. There's never enough to go around anyway, so each one gets a little of the top, a little of the middle, and then their mash limit anyway. Um, but then since we use the bottom one for the shlecha mishnah, we're going to wind up now making use of it for the um, for the korach. And because we broke the middle one, we use the other half of what we broke for the afikomen, and that's how all the different components uh, sort of come together. But again, a lot of this isn't in the Gemara. You can see how other possibilities were, could, have been, could have been possible. I think the Rambam yes. uses one and a half. Yeah, I believe it's so following the wrist. That is yeah. correct. One and a half. That is correct. So okay. Just use the middle. Just use the one for like everything. Yeah, in the beginning of Tosos, he sounds like that, but then he moves to to, to this idea at the end. Oh, yeah. So the rest and the Rambam hold the same way. Why doesn't the Shocherut? Uh, I don't. Uh, I have to check how the Shocherut paskins. I'm sorry, the Rambam, the Ashkenazim do okay. like Tosos. 
Okay. Avapisha. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Right. That's a good point too. Thank you. Yes, because the Gemara before did say that everybody has their own kara, and I mean we don't often do that, which is interesting. But the Gemara does say it, and that also gets to the integration of the of the you know symbols of the foods into the story. Um, the Gemara does say everybody should have their own one, and that will also solve the problem of having enough muffin to go around <laughs> exactly and eating a full kazayas from each one. Okay. Now we go to the haros. So the Tanakhama says it's not a mitzvah. If it's not a mitzvah, why are we bothering with it? Like we said before, this type of a, of a, a sap or an, a bug in the, uh, in the maror that can be dangerous. Um, this counteracts it. So really there's no symbolism according to this idea. There's no particular point of having it um, for a Seder purpose just to deal with the maror. Amravasi, Kappa de Chasachama, the the way to deal with the um, either like whatever the bug or the um, I'll more interpret it the sap the uh, uh, the pungency of the maror is um, is a radish that'll help that'll help counteract that. Kappa de Karsi. Now the way to to deal with the uh, pungency of the radish is to have cress. The way to deal with the pungency of the crest is to have hot water. Actually, the way to deal, counteract all of them is hot water. While you're waiting for these, other, for these uh, other things to have their effect, counteract it, here's what you should say. You see, you thought we were done with incantations. You uh, poison or whatever. I, I recognize you. And your seven daughters. And your eight daughter-in-laws. I have no idea. Moving along. Rabbi Eliezer, oh, that Rabbi Tzadok, Omer, Mitzvah. Rabbi Eliezer Tzadok says that the Harosis is a Mitzvah. I guess. My, my Mitzvah, what's the Mitzvah? Rabbi Levi Omer, Zecher Litapuach. To remember the Tapuach. So the, now, because of the famous Midrash, which is in the Gemara that the wives, um, you know, seduce their husbands because they don't want to have sex because of what Paro said. And they said, you know, what, uh, that's going to be worse than what Paro said because then there's no hope. So they seduce their husbands. It says, Tachas HaTapuach by the Shoshim or Artichai, I bestirred you. And then because of that, they had children and that ultimately led to the Geulah. Um, it, it, by the way, the meaning of the word Tapuach, which we translate as apple, is almost definitely incorrect. There were no apples in the, um, in the, in, in the Near East and in the Middle East. It's a, um, um, apple actually is a sort of generic for fruit. Um, like, you know, well, like, a, like a potato is a pomme de terre, Tapuach Adama. Tapuach just really means fruit. Um, so the first thing that Adam and, fed, uh, and Chava ate was, well, it's definitely not an apple. Um, so there's a real question what Tapuach means um, in Sierra Shavim. It's probably more of a citrus fruit. But anyway, we do apples. What? Could be an estro. Yeah, it's true. Some say Tapuach could be an estro. Anyway, we do, uh, um, I, I, I had a friend who once told me that the famous Midrash says, you know, by Esav, it says, um, you know, it says, uh, he says, you know, what is this, Tapuchim or something, he says, ever go to an apple orchard? It smells awful. So it's clearly not apples. Anyway, all right, moving on. So whatever Tapuach is, it's a Zecher with Tapuach. Okay, so something sharp and to remember this Midrash. It's very funny of all the things we're, right, remembering, we're remembering a Midrash and not something, you know, that's like explicit. It shows the power of the Midrash and how much that becomes part of the story. For Rabbi Yohan, remember Zecher Tit. No, it's thick, it's heavy. It reminds you of the, of the mortar. Amar Baye, Hilkach, because of those two concerns, those two ideas, Tarech Lekahavuye, you have to make it pungent, um, sharp, but Tarech Lesamuche, and you have to make it thick. 
sharp to remember the tapuach, and sick because of the uh, of the uh, mortar. Tiny about the Rabbi Yochan, we talk about Rabbi Yochan. Tavlin zeichel the teven, so tavlin, tavlin, the spices to remember the teven. It could be just the play on words, tavlin and teven. It could also be that if the spices are not like we have these nice McCormick round spices, but if you basically think of like of a cinnamon stick and you put the, the stem in and you crush them, so it's zeichel the teven. The Rambam actually says that you put certain pieces of like you know straw or whatever into it and you don't even crush it; you just leave it whole. Zeichel the teven. I think so. I have to check with his recipe again. And Anyway, so tavlin zeicher l'teven charoset the whole charoset combined is zeicher l'tit to remember the uh, the mortar. Amar Rebbe Eliezer Reb Tzadok kacha you omim tagre cherech shibishalayim those that sell cherech exactly what cherech is Rashi says it means those that sell in the little niches in the wall in Yerushalayim this is what they used to say bo v'tlulachem tavlin l'mitzvah get your spices for the mitzvah of haroset um, and the general assumption is that we rule like Rebbe Yezib Rebbe Tzadok and we say that obviously it has this symbolism and because of that we're mocked about certain ingredients exactly to have this type of symbolism Rambam in Parish Mishnaya says according to Rebbe Yezib Rebbe Tzadok that it's a mitzvah you would actually say a bracha on it Nobody says that, but again, showing the Rambam, I don't, and I don't think the Rambam says you have to eat a kezayis of this. But anyway, uh, if you want to take a look at some of the ingredients, uh, some of the recipes, um, says, um, how about the blood? This was the question I asked before. Why is Karozet called mashke? Where's the mashke in it? So Tosa says no, because you would add wine to it, and that makes it a mashke. Um, this is the, the, the tradition when when it comes time to eat then you then you sort of you know you, you, you dilute it somewhat it's not just a thick mass with wine and with vinegar and that actually is why it was called a mashka before ok so there you get the wine so there you get a lot of nice things, the nuts and the uh, and the wine, and you also get pomegranates and figs and dates and so on. Yes, those. I just think that what Charlie muttered under his breath. <laughs> what did he mutter? Very deep resonance. What did he mutter? Blood. Right. Right. Right? That's excellent. Okay. Let's take a look now at the next Mishnah. So we did Kadesh Urchat Karpas Yachat and uh, we began sort of Magya talking about the Kiara, but we have not gotten to the other to the real Magya, and that's this Mishnah. Mazlokos Sheni, they, the attendants, poured a second cup of wine, okay, after you did basically the uh, karpas, or the maror, according to the Mishnah, and now we understand you do a yachat. The Kana Bain Shoel, and here at this point is where the, chi- the child asks, Aviv, his father, and if the father doesn't know how to, if the child doesn't know how to ask, the father instructs him. <coughs> I have a lot to say about this, so first let's read it and translate it. How is this night different than all other nights? Other nights, it's night just matzah. 
Other night, other vegetables. This night only mara. Or mara. We normally eat roasted, boiled, and cooked. This night it's only it's only roasted. We'll see about that in the Gemara. We see the Atosha Ben based on the understanding of the child of Yisnalando. The father teaches him. You start with the more. Uh, uh, de- uh, uh, derogatory denigra- denigration and you end with the laudatory you expound on the until you finish expounding the whole parasha so here is a totally much more freestyle here is the basic thing it starts with the Manishana questions um, and it talks about a general structure from Avdus to Cherus and it gives you the basic format that you use expounding on Armio Veda. So those are the three major components. We're going to see in the next Mishnah, Kosovo Amar tying in the symbolism. But the basic question structure is, and this is important, no questions, responding to questions, darshaning the psukim, and the basic trajectory of Avdus Lucheris. So let's talk about each one of these. So in terms of, first of all, the, um, the questions. First, it's worth noting that we have four questions. It's very important to have four, so when we take out the idea of roasted, we replace it with the idea of reclining. Nevertheless, a number of Mishnayot only have three. The, the Gemara never calls it four questions. The Rif only has three. I'm trying to remember which three the Rif has. The Rif says, Mashbilim Pamachat, Chamesu Matzah, and Slee. He doesn't have the Mara one. Okay, so that's interesting. Number one, to note that some gears don't have don't 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 have uh, don't have four. Number two, um, what is this issue here about the um, about the sleep? So if you take a look at the Rashbam, I mean, obviously we don't say it, we don't have a Pesach. You take a look at the Rashbam. He says. Um, second wide line. However, you might remember that the earlier Mishnah said, What did it say? How you fun of Gufo Right? Remember that? It says, Gufo The Mishnah Kuf Yudalid, when it talks about bringing the Masa, which makes it sound like our frame of reference is not Mikdash. And nevertheless, it says, Kulotzli. And there is a very good reason to think that this is talking about not man hamikdash, and it is following the minog that we learned about way back in the fourth parak that you would eat dafka. One way of understanding it is dafka eats lee below pesach zeichel pesach. We now have so bracketed that because we are influenced by the later development and the Bavli that says you can't even maybe you shouldn't even have roast meat is our minog. You know, on well seder you don't point to the meat when you say buffer zeh, etc. Because chasrishon it should look like you're like you're you know mock but nevertheless, there was an, uh, an opposite minna really earlier after the Chorban, because they wanted to hold on to the Chorban Pesach, that they would dock out sleep, and they would even roast a kid goat, and we heard that people would call it a Pesach. Obviously, it got a little overboard, but you could understand that actually maybe Dafka they did have have flea and they did say kulo tzli um, even bizman even bizman after bizman hamikdash. That's about the flea issue now. What is here the, um, by the, now obviously, or maybe it's not obvious I should say it, the reason, you know, people ask a question, how is the mitzvah, you see, it's right on Lil Seder, 
different than the mitzvah um, the rest of the year when you're supposed to every day remember Zechalitius Mitzrayim. And there are a number of ways in which it's different. It's different that it has the symbols. It's different that you tell it at length and you tell a whole story. You don't just mention, but you narrate, you relate, you discuss. As we see, although this is less clear in the Psukim, it comes through expounding on verses. Okay, but one way it's key difference is the time, the whole idea of ki shachab bincha machar leimor. That there's a sense of questions and responding and stimulating the questions and the type of engagement you have when people are curious and asking questions and giving answers is obviously a very different experience. So all that discussion of Kadesha Yishalu Hatinokos and this issue of Kan HaBen Shoel is because of the structure that is in the Psukim of Ki Shachabin Chamachar Lemor and we want to get that structure of questioning and responding and stimulating it and we've provided a text and that is what part of what makes the Mitzvah of Haggadah um, distinct and unique. Now, how about the issue of the, what do you call it, about how does the child ask questions before he has seen them? Okay, so that's, you know, he hasn't yet seen the flea. He, you know, the maror we discussed, according to the mission, actually you did the first dipping in the maror. Okay, the matzah, presumably he's noticed that there's no, nothing else in the house. But some of this, right, the, the, the you know, the flea yet has not yet occurred. And the, what do you call it, the, um, um, what's the other one that I skipped? There's the maror, the flea, the... The, the dipping oh the dipping the dipping occurred once so that you could ask because if they didn't normally dip before the meal but some of this stuff some of this stuff right they don't know yet the state on him so that's why Tosa says as I said that when you remove the table and he asks what's that about you feed him the lines oh don't worry we're going to have mara we're going to have dipping we're going to do this and that gets him to ask these questions but that obviously is a problem here um, and interesting that a number of 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 commentators, more recent commentators have suggested, but it really is in the Rambam, says that the word, that the manishana halayla azeh is not the question. It's the answer. It's not la manishana. It's the child asks, whatever the child asks, you get him to ask, and then you say, aviv milamdo, you teach him, let me point out to you, manishana halayla azeh, how different tonight is, I want to make it clear to you, and I'm going to show you how different tonight is than all other nights. And then you might get him to say, well, why is that? Right? You present him with that reality, and then maybe he asks, well, why are we having those differences? The Rambam actually says that. The Rambam says, the child asks, and the person who says the Haggadah says Manishana Halayla Zemikol Halaylos. Okay, Matovu. Exactly. Okay, so that really says it. Now, if one last point, and then we'll move on to the Gemara. If it actually is the child asking, the question is, what's the answer? When do you give the answer? Now, the interesting thing is, you know what? There is an answer. It's just a big interruption. Because right. if you look at the very bottom of the page, right? What do we say when we say Pesach Matzah Why do we eat the Pesach? Why do we eat the Matzah? Why do we eat the Matzah? Guess what? Those were three of the four questions that were asked in the Manishana. Because it asked about the Tzli as well in the original version, right? So that was three of the four questions are answered by the time you get to Rebbe Gamliel. It's because so we you know, have a big interruption to we actually get that. It, it ha- oh, I see what you say is, oh, you know what? Let me tell you a story and we'll find out what the answer is. It's a good point. But you've got to frame it to know that this is going to lead it into... After we tell the whole story, you'll appreciate why we're doing these things. But I don't think that we appreciate how the Rebbe Gamliel is really, I think, ultimately answering it. And right, and this is the story that explains it. Okay, let's take a look now at the Gemara. Um, Tanu Rabbanan. 
Chacham dino shalo. If you um a um if um if uh so if Chacham dino is probably the right way to read. It's hard to read. I mean, it means if the son knows how to ask, then the son is the one who asks. So it's not about you being a Chacham, it's about your son being a Chacham. Right, Chacham Beno, that's what I just said. Chacham Beno, right, right, right. But then the Shoalo, right, but, but it, miss, it misses the subject of who's the Shoalo. But right, Chacham Beno, Shoalo. The Enel Chacham, if the son is not a Chacham, Ishto Shoalato. Then you, you need, again, it's assuming obviously that the man and the man of the house is leading the Haggadah and is the one that's ex- expounding, although we spoke about everybody having a Seder plate before then. So you get, so then, um, so the Torah speaks about the child asking. If there's no child, then the wife asks. Asked, um, uh, and if there's no one else around the house or nobody can ask him who show up mo and you ask yourself it's not a, you know it's not uh, it's not crazy when you ask yourself questions it's a good way of pushing yourself to explore things it's a, you know even two ask one another because of the structure of question and answer even if it can't be fulfilled with with a child is an important structure of telling the story yes and it's a whatever it is that they ask you know like uh, well the, that the is the so that's the text of the question then it means the question yeah, if the Manishtana is an answer then they ask whatever questions are on their minds and they should be asking and it's this response now you know and that's again we incorporate some of that in our things you know that etc here it's not just about the seaport here it's about the questioning it is interesting that it says you might know a lot of halacha you might not have thought enough about the story right so uh, that's also you know interesting about maybe that's part of the point and that you have to be start asking about the story so um, there is an interesting question of how much does the mitzvah CPT trying to include talking about the halachas of uh, of, uh, of Lelfader so that was the years of the Gemara all of the nights we dip once tonight twice so Rav said what do you mean all of the nights we dip once what you have to dip once every single night now um all the nights we don't have to, we're not obligated. Now we have to do it twice. What, it's an obligation for the kids? Meaning, although we dip twice so the kids should ask, it's not like a chiyuv, it's not like a sense of a real obligation. It's just a practice. So, here's how you should say it. Not that we do once, but we don't do it once, meaning we don't, so implicitly, like we don't have to, but we don't go out of our way to do it even once. Now we go out of our way to do it twice. So it's sort of like have to, but without saying chil, we go out of our way. The same way when we say by the vegetables, you know, you have to eat vegetables other nights? I guess if you listen to your mother, you do. But anyway, but it means that we, you know, we don't make a point of eating maror. So here too, we make a point of doing it twice. Okay, so that's the questions, and we discussed that whole structure of responding to questions, and now comes the structure of the answer. My bignus, what is the sort of, you know, uh, 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 denigration? So Rav Amar, our forefathers used to be idolaters. No, we used to be slaves. So, now this is, of course, two ways of telling the story. Is it a story about physical freedom um, and independence and autonomy and so on? Is it a story about being redeemed to be, you know, B'ni B'chori Yisrael and Avadayim, Asher Hotesi Yosemirtim Trayim? It's being redeemed to be God's people and ultimately it's a story that culminates at Ma'amad Har Sinai. 
So if you look at the Haggadah, we do both Rav and Shmuel, right? If you take a look, right, after the Manishkana, Machziat HaKera, and you know, Abadim HaYinu Lafaro B'Mitzrayim. Right, so you give the short answer, which is the simple answer, the simple story of the of it according to Shmuel. Then you do the Kol Kinegad Arbabanim. Again, it's interesting why we double back. I can't really explain that. After we do the asking, we double back to talk about this framework of the asking. But maybe it also means, you know, it's sort of like Chacham Beno issue that there are different types of people at the table. And before you get into an, a, a, a longer telling over of the story, you have to tailor your story to the different people that are at the table, the children or whoever at the table so we bring in the Kineget the Arba Banim and then when we start before we get to the Dorish Mermi Ovi Mitchila Ovdei Avodazara Hayu Avoseinu Ba'ashav Tervanu Hamakam Lavodaso so we have the first short answer according to Shmuel short answer according to Rav and then we expound I can't tell you why the Kineget Arba Banim appears before, between the Rav and Shmuel but it's clear that it should appear before you start elaborating um, and that is obviously two different ways to tell about what the story about what has been happening yeah, one minute left let's finish for the Mishnah Rav Nachman said to Daru his servant his slave excuse me if a slave were to be freed by his master to freedom and were to give him gold and silver what should the slave say it's not a real fair question to ask a slave you're sort of, <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a tease or a lot of a tease oh he would thank him he would praise him he said great okay goodbye go back to being a slave um, uh, he opened and said now by the way that very much tells you right after what's the first thing you say so there you have that idea of that structure according to Shmuel um, but the other interesting thing is what do you mean he didn't give a question he gave an answer so this might suggest that the Manishtana is a is is uh, the beginning of an answer is not a you know it's it's not a question but it's a little strange because you know he's about to give an answer Avadi Mayinu and so on so how exactly this got them out of Manishtana is not so clear before when Rava said why are we removing the table or was it Abayi said why are we removing the table you got us out of Manishtana that was clearly a question a curiosity we're going to respond to it how exactly here this is seen as a parallel to Manishtana is less clear yeah there was a question yeah. Uh, you know, when we mentioned idol worship and then slavery both, and this question of when Hashem tells Abraham they're going to be in Egypt, could the uh, slavery be seen as a sequence of having an idol worship? Um, that, I mean, that's possible, although the sense of the guilt of idol, you know, that we have the, 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 uh, the, that we have a, a sequence in the metaphysical sense, I mean, not in a sin sense, it was before, you know, it wasn't sort of, I, I, there's, look, there's, that's a much larger discussion. That's a discussion we can have at Seder night about <laughs> what was the purpose of the sequence. Um, but um, I suppose you could say that. I, I, that's not the way I tend to think about it, but, you know, it's a possibility. Um, I want to say something about, before we run into Shlosh Advarim, because what the Gemara completely skips over is the Doric Me'arami Oveid Avi, right? And wh- using that as a structure. And I'll just say one sense of it. It's very strange because you would think that what you're supposed to be doing, it w- the best way to tell the story is open up Shmos and read the story. Tell the story. But Arami Oveid Avi is significant. Arami Oveid is the one place in the Torah where you have a retelling of the story in a ritual context, right? The person brings the Bikurim and he does a retelling of Aramio Veda V. 
And part of the whole point of the Haggadah is not just telling over somebody else's story, not just reading a book as it was, <coughs> audiobooks, right? We're going to have audiobooks on Shemos. It's a retelling. And when you retell a story, then you bring in it, you're framing what you want to emphasize, you know, particular dimensions you want to look at. The retelling has a very personal power that the telling does not. And that's part of the idea of Dorish. The whole idea of Doresh, if you would, of Toresh of is the sort of, you know, intersection of the human with the divine, um, you know, that normally you talk about in terms of halakha and interpretation, but it's the same thing in terms of the telling of the story. So we have already this idea of retelling, and we use that as the framework for us to do a retelling of a retelling, you know, for us to do a darsha, drasha, and for us to give insight in our, in, in those psukim. Of course, now everybody just reads a fixed text of Lagada, but that wasn't the basic structure, and it's quite significant that the Doresh becomes a uh, central part of it. It's also just worth thinking to the way, the way in which this is also influenced in general by a concept of Talmud Torah, not just of telling a story. What do I mean by that? Number one, I alluded to before, and there's a Tosefta that speaks about, you know, that the myth is not only to tell the story, but to talk about Hilchos HaPesach. Think about what we say to the Chacham. Afata Emerlo Ki Hilchos HaPesach. Since when are we talking about Hilchos HaPesach? Number one, and the whole point, you know, Baruch HaMakum Baruch Hu Baruch Shenasan Torah L'Amo Yisrael is a mini Birchas Torah. So the way in which our thinking of the CPT Yisrael as a type of a Talmud Torah is another theme that sort of gets introduced here. And Doresh Me'aram Yovei Davi is classic Talmud Torah. It's Chazal's, is the rabbinic enterprise of Torah Shabbat Pes. Yes, Rivka. Are we locked into Hey, you know what? Doresh, go for it. I'm serious. I'm serious. You know, well, in the Mishnah, it is, does seem that they had some text that we're going to see in the next Mishnah. By the way, the fact that he says, right, sounds like there was a fixed text. You know, even when Rav and Shmuel say, maybe they were just pointing to different parts of a text that they all agreed on. Maybe their text had both components. And, right. So my point is, is that in the Mishnah, it does not seem like there's a fixed text to how your Doresh army of it'll be. But you don't you know. But you don't know. I mean, again, I would not want to be advocating drop the fixed text of the thing, but if you wanted to read it and then you wanted to focus on, here's what I really think it's talking about. I think that that's a big key in designing of the God. It's supposed to be right. your so take on those things. They were, to- they were definitely leaving a lot open. Yes, Charlie. Uh, some of us had more recent ancestors who worshipped that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay, let's <laughs> take a look at... Yes. tapping into Doros, Doros as Aspen, in order to understand how a slave was really... To try, to try to, I, for himself, learn, you know, get that, like, in, you know, right, I emphasize and get that feeling. Could be. That could be that that's why he was, into, he was asking Zaru. Okay, so now let's take a look. It's actually an interesting question, right? Because in Evan, in Evan Kanani is high as mitzvah, so, you know, does Avadim have the mitzvah of Sipa Yitzhak Mitzrayim? Yeah. First I thought about it. It's a really interesting question. It's something that had come up before that Beirut here is associated with wealth. Well, yes, we have this. Oh, Zav and Kesef. But that was also part of the story, right? They came out with gold and silver, right? right. All the things things to mention, right? It's a good point. Why, of all the things, emphasize that? Okay, let's look at the Mishnah. He didn't say these three things, he didn't fulfill your obligation. We already pointed out how they, to a large degree, answered the question. These are they. Pesach Matzah Maror. 
Pesach, Al Shem Shepasach, Makam Abateyav, Tainim B'Mitzrayim. Shenemah, question is, this was in the Gersa. Ramartim Zeva Pesach, Ula Shem Asher Pasach. Now, by the way, that not only is telling you the symbolism, Asher Pasach, Abateyav, Tainim B'Mitzrayim. By the way, Pasach could mean to skip over, hop over, could also mean to save. Some say the word Pesach means actually to save, Pasach. So anyway, it's a question what the word Pesach itself means. But anyway, but, but Tosos points out that part of the point according to this Pesach is Ve'amartem Zeva Pesach. That on the eating of the Pesach, you explain its significance. And that's what he's saying is you have to say these things. You have to say and explain the significance as we see the Pesach itself talks about explaining the significance. Matzah Shum Shinigalu. Right now we're up to the point where Matzah emphasizes freedom. Some have mirrorin, not marur, because that's the language of the pasuk. Okay. Well, I know. Okay, pointed out. Anyway, so um, now before we go on, I want to. Okay, before we go on to the next part, obviously here we are now dealing with things that have become components of the seder. When it now. Um, 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 because Rebbe Gamliel said, Rebbe Gamliel said this. Excuse me, Rebbe Gamliel said this. Um, but there's an interesting question. If you didn't say it, Lo Yasei Which chiyuv have you not been Yosef? First of all, there's a question that we should ask: Does he literally mean Lo Yasei or is he sort of, you know, or is he, you know, or, 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 or is he just exaggerating a little bit? Is it rhetoric? But even whether he means it literally or not, what chiyuv have you not been Yosef or not been Yosef ideally? What you most logically say? What chiv have you not been saying? right? So, so we talked about the child asking. We talked about responding. We talked about dorish. Part of that has to be explaining the symbolisms of everything that you're eating, and that certainly is the generally accepted shot. But it's worth noting that some rishonim understand that one of the chivs you not might not be yotzei fully or wholly is the chiv of achilas matzah. The chiv of achilas mara, the chiv of achilas pesach. That maybe the mitzvah, the same way the mitzvah of sipur requires the integration of the symbols and explicating it, not just eating them and having them. It could be the mitzvah of the achila requires the giving of its symbolism through the telling of the story. So that is an interesting question about how these two work together. And what Rabbi Gamliel was saying is, and we shouldn't pass over pass over it <laughs> is is it's not just having them there it's not just eating them it's not just the snake echad echad. it's actually pulling them into the story and making them a part of the story itself okay so that's what I'm Leo so by the way if you look at your site so we have Seulamad is where you begin right we, we didn't do the Shamda, that's a new thing every time you lift up the coast you cover the matzah because of the whole idea of you know the matzah has precedence over the coast so you have to cover it up Anyway, but then you tell, do the whole Seulam, you put the coast down, you uncover because of Onimalav Dvarim Harbe, Seulamad, you do the whole, you know, the whole thing about Darish Me'armi Oveda V, then you have the whole thing about, you know, whatever, the Dayena, da 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 da. Anyway, you have basically that whole trajectory, and then you're nearing the end, Romabliyo Omer Koshalomer Shlosha Dvarim Elu. You tie it into the symbols. Pesach Shehayu, Matzazu, Marazet, etc. And then what's the next thing? You've told the whole story, you've tied it into the symbolisms, and therefore you tw- now becomes the Hallel, introducing, well, we've reached Geula, we have to give Hodos and give Shevach, etc. And that is now the Gemara. Oh, I jumped ahead. 
Shenema, the Gavit of the Bincha, the Yomor, Raymor, Bavor, Zashar, Shem, leave the Tasty Meat. Is there a male thing It's not, now it sounds like, so I was going to point that out, it sounds like now we are not just in a Mishnah, we are actually quoting a text of Haggadah. Okay, as you'll see. Like, Lusika Chanachnu, Hayavim, Lodot, Lalel, Shabbat, Lavel, Mamim, Lodel, Rech, Lalel, Kalef, Nisha, the love of Sinful Lunders, Kola, Nisha, Mayu. Clearly, it is not the Mishnah talk, meaning it's not the, 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 the text of a Mishnah. It's not saying, Lusika, you have to say Halal. This is clearly a text of a Haggadah in the Mishnah. So at some point we transitioned from the Mishnah talking as the Mishnah to the Mishnah giving us the text of the Haggadah, right? If it was just telling us halacha, it would not have used seven different ways of saying us, I mean, clearly we now have in the Mishnah a text of the Haggadah. One minute, Hosianu me abdus lecheres miyagam lesimcha meegel yomtov meefeilu or gadol mishibu lugula benomer lefanav hallelujah. And that is an introduction to the hallel that comes at the end, right? Remember we said just before, what would he have to do? He said to Daru, Daru said, oh, he has to praise him and thank him. So when you get to experiencing gula and seeing yourself as if you experienced it, and that ties into the Daru story with the slave, if you really feel that way what do you have to do at this moment break obviously you have to break out into song and that feeds out into the hollow do what do you want to say you could suggest that when the, the meal says Shloshu Dvarim Meilu the three things are one Tzatzach Matzim Warar the Asperian thing two Chayimadu Miros Asatma and three Ulahodo Slala that is fascinating um, I don't think I don't know anybody else who explains it that way but uh, that's a fascinating read yes so this, this gives the point at which you're supposed to recite hallow yes and so if you recite it in synagogue you haven't gotten to that point yet well the synagogue saying of hallow probably represents the hallow of the Hakrava HaPesach this is the hallow of the Achilah HaPesach mm-hmm. now I should say by the way that the reason there's a question why we don't make hallow Belil Seder because the bracha by hallow Belil Seder because we normally make a bracha and the best answer is is because you make a bracha when you're doing something more as a ritual and not as a just giving expression to an, to an, to an, to an inner religious feeling and if you really have achieved then it's a natural type of a thing and it's not formalized as a ritual of a mitzvah that you want to frame it with we're doing it because of a mitzvah we're not doing it because of a mitzvah if we really live this we're doing it because it's how we feel what did you want to say? Yeah, but that's not related to this question. <laughs> okay, so uh, so that obviously is we do the Rebbe Leo, we explain the things, we do Lafika so we make it personal. We've told the story. Hopefully, you've driven it home. It's become personal, and therefore that leads into the Lafika and leads into the um, the Hallel, which ends with the go with the Gaal Yisrael. So, or um, um, so let's take a look. Um, how far do you say the halal for the first half of the Seder you're going to finish it at the second half of the Seder I really don't have an interesting explanation for what this debate is about um, you know if you just take a look at what this is right so he says the first paragraph Hill says two. What's really fascinating is that the second paragraph Hollow opens right with Yisrael mm-hmm. So I really have no 
understanding of Beit Shammai of why he would not want you to say the B'tzei Yisrael means Yisrael you know again unless he feels that it's B'tzei Yisrael and you're making yourself you're, you're, you're not making yourself part of the Yisrael you're talking about other people when they went out of Mitzrayim and to fully embrace it as you've experienced it you just want to do the Hallelujah you don't want to actually talk about a past events of Yisrael Mitzrayim that would take you out of the immediacy of the moment that's the best I can understand but obviously for Beit, for Beit Hillel it's quite understandable now why we break up the hollow into two parts we can talk we'll talk about that later but again part of the answer has to do with you want to give expression to the sense of really try to relive it and give voice to here's how I feel the more you have to say the whole hollow the more it becomes a ritual and less an immediate personal religious experience and therefore we want to do a short version we'll finish it as a ritual of Hallel later um, and that might be Beit but again still not to say Beit Yisrael is strength unless as I said Beit Yisrael makes you out of the moment it's not your Yisrael it's they when they went out either of Yisrael either that or he breaks it so that the first introductory moment of saying Hallel is Gnut and then the, the Shevach of the Geula comes after the break. No. What do you mean? The first introductory moment is Hallelujah. Hallelujah, such a, hallelujah you know. No, but the... Yeah. I don't know. Okay, so anyway, let's finish up. The Chosein Begula, and you end with Geula after the Hallel. So Rabbi Tarvin Omer, Asher Ganu Begalav Sos Heinu Mitzrayim. The Lo Yachotein. The whole brach would be Brachat Hashem Alokeinu Melacholam Asher Ganu Begalav Sos Heinu Mitzrayim. Period. Then you drink it. It's the brach on the past Geula. Rabbi Akiva Omer, Kain Hashem Alokeinu Belokeinu Alokeinu Yadinu Libadim Lugelim Achirim Avayim Likasem Lushulam Snechin Vinyan Rechav Sazim Yavodasecha Menochasham Minapsachim Minazvachim Minazvachim Minapsachim Pesach Shabbos or whatever because you have the Chagiga first and then you would have the Korban Pesach because Pesach is Nechal Hasova. Um, question anyways of the order Baruch Hashem Ga'al Yisrael okay which is our Nusach so, so the first one Rebbe Tarkan if it's a short bracha as we learned you don't have a, a Chatima if it's a long bracha Kain Hashem then you have to, have to repeat you have to seal it you have to have a coda and you have the Chatima Baruch Hashem Ga'al Yisrael so two points to be made about this number one is Tosos and the Rashbam both say there are not three opinions here there's two what does that gula mean? That's the debate of Rebbe Tarfan and Rebbe Akiva. And that is important because they point out this, this phenomenon in the Mishnah that there could be an early line of a Mishnah that is not explicated and later Tanayim debate what the meaning of that earlier line is. So the earlier line of the Mishnah is Chotein Begu'ula. Later comes along Rebbe Tarfan and Rebbe Akiva and they debate what that Chatimah is. Now it's also interesting to note that Rebbe Akiva, what does he really add? He didn't just make it longer. The Kain Hashem Elokeinu points us to future Geula and to Binyan Beis Hamikdash, which is very connected to Rabbi Akiva, right? Who back Bar Kochva was constantly looking for future Geula. The story about the Har Habayis it was destroyed. Oh no! But this is a promise that it'll be fulfilled. So, how much is the story of the Haggadah not only a story of leading up to to, to Har Sinai, but also a story of future Geula? is a very interesting question and you could certainly understand the importance of that at a time when we were oppressed to be thinking about that sense of the future redemption and so on uh, which is a theme that starts coming up in the second part of the Seder night that is something that Rebbe Akiva sees as central one other point before we get to the Gemara is the Chayv Liros Esasmo see yourself which is a pretty high standard the Rambam's Girsa is Chayv Laharot Esasmo you have to demonstrate you have to you have to present yourself as if so which is a more reasonable standard you know what is it fake it till you make it 
So if you can't actually feel it, at least to go through the motions as if, and that hopefully then it'll internalize to some degree. Okay, let's read a little bit in the Gemara. Amar Rava. Since you're saying, like, that God, you know, you have to end by saying, like, 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 what's the Pasuk? You have to have the end of the bracha that speaks about us being brought out, again, making it as if you yourself were part of it. When you do the Pesach Matzah you lift up the Matzah and you say, You lift that up, right? A little show and tell. You don't lift up the meat. Presumably the Shnei Tavshilin we're talking about. Okay. If you make, indicate that this, and you talk about this when you're talking about the Pesach, it looks like you're eating the Pesach. And this is the opposite portion. Not to have roasted meat, to have a roasted, uh, you know, um, 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 lamb. But Dafka, you have some symbolism of it, but you downplay it. You don't want to look like you're eating Corbanos outside. Um, and I guess, unfortunately, we will have to end here. We will pick up tomorrow. Okay. Oh,